you like to turn in your Bibles, please, to Ecclesiastes 9, verse 13, to chapter 10, verse 15. We're going to speak on the subject of wisdom. Get wisdom. It's amazing how stupid some people are. Not talking personally. <laughs> you know, a little while ago, I saw a video on the news of a person completely drunk, driving for several miles on the wrong way of the motorway. Incredible, for several miles. Well, we know it's stupid to be stupid. <laughs> the problem is most people think that they're wise. They're like the intelligent pig who saw the farmer's children catching the bus to go to school each morning and thought how stupid these children were. They would be much more sensible if they spent their time looking for acorns to eat. Back in the first century, Seneca, the famous philosopher, said, I suppose many people could have got wisdom if only they hadn't thought they already had it. But not only does the modern man think he's okay as he is and doesn't need to get wisdom, but today we ridicule wisdom. So, if the genie in the lamp offers Aladdin wisdom or wealth, which should he take? And just about everyone will say, take the money, take the money. And yet almost every biography, whether of film stars or pop stars or lottery winners or children born into incredible wealth, tell you that wealth without wisdom leads to tragedy. We think of Christina Onassis, beautiful daughter of the shipping magnate Aristotle Onassis, who in the early 70s, when she was in her early 20s, was a billionaire. A billionaire in those days was more like a trillionaire or even a quadrillionaire these days. Because in those days, petrol cost just 5p a litre. I mean, what could you buy with a billion pounds? And yet her wealth didn't make her happy. Indeed, she ended up having to pay her friends to come and visit her. And when she was on holiday once, she um, paid for a chartered jet to fly back to America to get her some Diet Coke. <laughs> After two failed marriages, one to Winston Churchill's cousin, the Duke of Blandford, she died of a drug overdose. Why won't people learn? It's not wrong to be wealthy. It is dangerous. And so without wisdom, you will fail terribly not wrong to be poor, but it is dangerous, and without wisdom, you will fail terribly. We need wisdom, and yet young people today, old people today, all people today, the majority of them won't even lift their little finger to get wisdom. So people's lives are a mess and their homes are disaster areas. Why won't they get wisdom? And the answer is because they fear it will ruin everything. 
In actual fact, it's the lack of wisdom that ruins everything. And so people spend their lives grubbing around looking for acorns to stop, says Solomon. We must get wisdom. And he says, first of all, in chapter 9, verse 13, all the way to chapter 10, verse 1, that wisdom rescues, but folly ruins. Now, wisdom is more than being clever. There are some incredibly clever people who use their intelligence for evil, violent, vicious, destructive, awful purposes. They're not wise. They may be clever and intelligent, but they're not wise. Gladys Aylward was wise. She was a very small London girl, about four foot ten, who went on the train to China and became a little evangelist. Uh, and she would go around preaching saying that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, then you know God with you wherever you are. And she would tell the people that God was with her. She'd come all the way from England to China. God was with her, and God can be with you too. And one day she got a, a, a message from the uh, governor of the prison summoning her to come to prison. So she went to the prison, and there was a riot going on in the prison. And there were people with big blades, and there was a dead corpse on the ground. And the governor told Gladys that she had to go in and stop the riot. The governor explained that he knew she was a Christian, and she had said that the living God was with her, and therefore she would be safe in the riot, and he pushed her in. <laughs> well, she said she prayed like mad, but with God's grace. And with the wisdom he gave her, she was able to stop the riot. And she not only stopped the riot, this is why it's wisdom, you see. She used this as an opportunity to now start uh, to get occupations for the men in the prison. And started a prison ministry. You see, it wasn't just clever, it was wise. Wisdom doesn't mean cleverness. It isn't knowing pure mathematics or astral physics. Wisdom is knowing the right thing to do, God's will, and having the courage to do it. That's wisdom. And here, Solomon tells us, not of wisdom stopping a riot, but in verses 13 to 16, sorry, I didn't have the space to put the, all the verses up. In verses 13 to 16, we have wisdom stopping a war. Verse 13. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a poor a man, poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. How we wish for our politicians to have wisdom today. But tragically, verse 15 tells us that the wise man is quickly forgotten. And that's true, isn't it? You know, we see wisdom and society just forgets about it. It goes on as if their folly is better. Then Solomon tells us that uh, wisdom not only stops a war, but it's better than weapons. Look at verses 17 and 18. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. 
Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. See, wisdom is powerful, more powerful than brute strength. You know, uh, when the Greeks wanted to defeat the Trojans, then they used cunning, didn't they? A, a wooden horse. And when the Persians wanted to defeat the Babylonians, they used cleverness and they diverted the river and marched through on the uh, riverbank under the, um, under the gates. But wisdom is best. Wisdom is best. But folly, the opposite of wisdom, not doing the right thing, is disastrous. Chapter 10, verse 1. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell... So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. This is the terrible consequences of people doing just whatever they want to do. Now Nick Hornby has written a novel for uh, young people called Slam. It's about a teenager who gets his 16-year-old girlfriend pregnant. And it shows the pain of living that way. He's really written it to try to tell young people not to be fools. But of course, being Nick Hornby, he writes it in a way that's very engaging and, and funny, but it can't help being terribly sad. Because rather than do what's right, the modern person does what he knows is wrong, but he wants to do it. And he makes a colossal train crash of his life. And not only a train crash of his life, but he creates war at home and at work and in his own heart. It's horrific, but wisdom saves from ruin. So get wisdom, says Solomon. Secondly, verses 2 to 4 of chapter 10, wisdom goes the right way. The heart of the wise inclines to the right. Uh, it's not conservative party politics, all right? Um, folly goes the wrong way. In 1978, Scott Peck wrote the book The Road Less Travelled and telling people that, you know, they get to a crossroads in their life and the way of wisdom is the way less travel and that's the road we need to walk upon but so few people walk along that road. We're told, first of all, in verse 2, that fools don't do their best. The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Now, this isn't saying that driving along the road, you come to a T-junction and the fool goes left <laughs> and the wise person goes right. It, it, it's talking about using your right arm rather than your left arm. And I tell people when they get married, and the, the bride doesn't know which arm of the, uh, her husband she's got to be um, linked to. And I tell her she's got to link to the husband's left arm because he would carry his sword in his right arm. And he needed to have his sword arm free so he could fight off any attackers who wanted to come and take his bride from him, you see. Because your right arm, your sword arm, your strong arm is the thing to use when there's a need. It's strong, it's capable, but fools are stupid. They're lazy and compromised and half-hearted. And so they lean to the left. 
so you don't revise before your exams. Or like the rugby players who go out partying late the night before an important rugby match. Or the people who leave all their work to the last minute and so can't do it well because they're tired. Mm. Fools don't do their best. Verse 3, fools talk about things they don't understand. Verse 3, even as he walks along the road, the fool lacks sense and shows everyone how stupid he is. Just listen to the celebrities on late-night television uh, news discussions and panels like that, how they like to display their incredible ignorance. And then verse 4, thirdly, fools run away from difficulties. If a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great errors to rest. But the fool, he runs away. He leaves his job. Why did you leave your job? Well, my boss wasn't very friendly. Or they drop out of university. Well, the course wasn't fun. They have no courage, no stickability. They, they run from commitment. They run from relationships. They run from responsibilities like a child running from his shadow. They do what they want. They always take the easy path, the popular path. And so they invariably go wrong and make a mess of their lives. Get wisdom, says Solomon. Wisdom goes right. Thirdly, verses 5 to 7, folly makes bad leaders. Verses 5 to 7. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, the sort of error that rises from a ruler. When fools rule, the whole country is soon a mess. I really don't need to say any more about this, but think of it in terms of the workplace. If your boss is a jerk, then the business will fail. It's true in the church. If the minister is a Attila the Hun, to begin with, you might think, oh, we're getting organized. And then you realize you're being controlled, and then you realize you're imprisoned, and the church will die. It's also true in families. When parents are fools, and they don't give wise guidelines, and they don't set a good example, and they don't give loving discipline, the children suffer. The terrible thing is, when people like Mr. Mugabe are in power, Good folks are in prison. And this is true if you lead a youth club or teach a Sunday school. Folly is disastrous. Get wisdom. Verse 6. Fools are put in high positions while the rich occupy low ones. I have seen slaves on horseback while princes go on foot like slaves. I don't think he's just saying that, you know, princes are always right and that um, slaves are always wrong. I think he's talking about a mindset and a lack of um, wisdom uh, there. Anyhow, fourthly, verses 8 to 11, wisdom helps in daily life. Not only makes bad, uh, wisdom makes good leaders, but wisdom helps in daily life. Verse 8, whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. I saw someone driving a car once. Uh, you're not surprised. But 
he was talking on his mobile phone and smoking a cigarette at the same time. What utter stupidity. It was crazy. He seemed to have no idea of the danger. Car is a lethal weapon. It's not a toy, but fools are careless. They seem to have no awareness of the danger. Verses 8 to 9. So they dig a well carelessly, and it will collapse on them. They chop logs with not wearing protection goggles. It's stupid. They'll cycle without a helmet. They will drive without wearing a seatbelt. They don't get any insurance. <laughs> they don't even belong to a doctor's surgery. They just assume, I'll be okay. They're very spiritual. They say, God will look after me, and you know God does look after them. So when they get knocked off their bike and die, they go to heaven. When they retire and they have no pension, they die of starvation, they go to heaven. Yeah, God looks after them. Not only do fools act as if there is no danger to be careful about, but they are also too lazy to help themselves, verses 10 to 11. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, the more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. If a snake bites before it is charmed, there is no profit for the charmer. It may take an hour to uh, sharpen the axe head, but it will save you half a day's work and an awful lot of energy. Be like the man who was running down the road carrying his bicycle on his shoulder. And someone said, what earth are you carrying your bicycle on your shoulder for? He said, I'm in such a hurry, I didn't have time to get on it. People who don't prepare for meetings. People who rush into the day without prayer or Bible study. People who want to be spiritual without any spiritual disciplines. They make life hard for themselves. Wisdom helps in daily life. And fifthly, verses 12 to 14, wisdom helps your conversation. Verse 12, words from a wise man's mouth are gracious, but a fool is consumed by his own lips. At the beginning, his words are folly. At the end, they are wicked madness, and the fool multiplies words. <laughs> Even a wise man, if he has to tell you off, will do it gently but a fool's words destroys him. He starts with plain stupidity, but it doesn't stop there. He ends with wicked madness. We're told that even a fool will be thought wise if he says nothing. The problem is he wants to be seen as clever, and so he will spout on any and every subject and just parade his foolishness. But wisdom causes you to speak graciously. Wisdom makes your conversation kind. And finally, verses 14 to 15, not even a wise man knows the future. Verse 14, line 2, no one knows what is coming. Who can tell him what will happen after him? When we were kids, every Saturday, there was the same ritual, Doctor Who. We would make sure we brought the sofa forward a little bit because we would sit on the sofa with our cushion ready 
And when it got even more scary, when the Daleks were coming or something, we would hide behind the sofa and look over it to watch the telly. And then it would end with Doctor Who just about to be crushed by something. And we spent all week not knowing how he was going to escape. Hadn't a clue how he was going to escape. And then the next week we would find out. Not as good as Doctor Who is these days. It's a lot better these days. But, you know, all week we had no idea what was going to happen. Well, nobody knows the future. Solomon tells us we don't know when we will die or what will happen after that. The wisest people don't know that. You can't find that out by looking in a test tube. There are things that are limited. We don't know what heaven's going to be like, really, till we get there. We just have no idea what the resurrection body's going to be like till we get there. There's lots that we are ignorant of, but, verse 15, the fool knows nothing. A fool's work wearies him. He does not know the way to town. It's not simply that he doesn't know the way to heaven. It's not simply that he doesn't know the way to God and salvation. He doesn't even know the way to town. He won't go to work. He won't take his food to market. He's utterly lazy. He sets off for work and he ends up at the golf course. Sets off for work and finds himself stuck in the bar. There is no doubt that wisdom is better than folly. And so Solomon screams, get wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? not cleverness. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is a life lived out with reverence for the Lord. So the first thing we have to do is to know Jesus Christ well. Know the Lord well. So much of our religion can tend to be the traditions we've grown up in. And we need to get back into the Gospels and learn who Jesus Christ is really is. And then, not only do we have to know Jesus Christ, but we have to reverence Jesus Christ, to bow before him, to recognize his authority, to recognize his power and sovereignty, to recognize his lordship, that he's the king, and that we're not equals, and we don't, it's not my view or his view, and they're 50-50, it's all him. We bow before him. And then we give total allegiance to him. We follow him. That's what faith is. Faith is when we say, yes, he's the Lord. He's the one to follow. We follow him. The wise man, Jesus tells us, the wise man is the person who hears these words of Jesus and puts them into practice. That's what it means to build your house upon the rock. Let's be wise people. Get wisdom. At any cost, get wisdom.